A Great Escape. Cad Bane and his notorious crew of bounty hunters liberated Zero the Hutt from a Republic prison after holding the Galactic Senate hostage. The Jedi Council has assigned Obi-Wan Kenobi to retrieve Zero the Hutt with the help of Jedi Knight Quinlan Voss. Unknown to the Jedi, we find Zero in the clutches of the five Hutt families on the distant world of Naul Hutta. Once again, Bucketheads, Mavar Tigar. Welcome to the 111th Psy Snoodles singing episode of Mandovision, Nargai Tom. And thank you so much for checking out this small, independent Star Wars podcast. Remember, the best way to reach out to us is, of course, over social media. At Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, MandovisionTom at gmail.com. Please be sure you're liking, subscribing, and sharing the show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert. If possible, so inclined, remember five-star reviews are an insanely great way, a great and easy way to help support the show. Write us a five-star review, and hey, maybe get it read on the show. We'll see how it goes. Uh, and again, they truly help the small and independent shows like us, and we truly, truly appreciate your time and your efforts. Welcome back to the Enclave, Bucketheads. We're so glad you're here. This is, uh, this is a, a tumultuous time in the, in the Mandovision podcast, as uh, we have a uh, a very makeshift studio, as we have not found our own new covert just yet. It's uh, everything's. I mean, like we have an abode, but like, where where will the show be homed? Where will where will I set up the studio space? These are the questions that are still be, to be determined, uh, as as the moving in process has begun. And uh, let me tell you, I uh, I'm not having fun. <laughs> it's uh, this is a pain in the butt. And uh, anybody who's moved. You know exactly what I'm talking about. It's uh, now it's all about the spatial relations and spatial dynamics and and, and figuring out what goes where. And then uh, uh, at once that's sort of determined, then I can kind of plan around like where I'm going to set up shop for the podcast in the future. Uh, right now we're in a very makeshift location in the in the living room on a table. <laughs> you probably can hear a bit of an echo. I'm sorry about that. I'll try to keep that as low as possible. Um, yeah, we're just we're just kind of dealing with it. We're we're kind of rolling with the punches a little bit today, and uh, that's just gonna be the way it is for for at least for this episode. Hopefully, for not to be more after this. But uh, yeah, it's there's a possibility you'll hear a similar setup uh, for the next episode as well. We'll, have to see, we'll just have to see how quickly we can kind of get things settled in in the new environment here. But I'm so glad you're back. I'm so glad I'm back, and that we can we can kind of pick up where we left off uh, because. When we, when, we, when we spoke last, you know, we did Evil Plans, uh, which, which bookends an episode we've already seen, which was uh, um, 
the finale to season one. And now we're, we're catching back up with those events of, of Cad Bane freeing Zero the Hutt, Cad Bane having taken the Senate hostage, and, and uh, the, the repercussions of that. And we sort of, in, in that last episode, In Evil Plans, we saw how that plan came to be. Who was it that hired Cad Bane to spring Zero the Hutt from the prison? And it was the head of the five Hutt families, the, the criminal syndicate of the Hutts, freeing Zero, but for what reason? Uh, and, and we get a little bit, we get into that some more in this episode. And uh, it, it, it's a really good episode. We also get to, to meet up with Quinlan Voss, Obi-Wan Kenobi. We go to Nalhata, the home world of the Huts, And uh, it's it's an interesting episode. And we catch up with an old character from Return of the Jedi who kind of gets a new a new little uh, element added to her backstory, which is a lot of fun too. So yeah, let's, let's talk about it a little bit more. Uh, you know what you have to do first, of course. And uh, I'll tell you what. Let's not do that just yet. Let's go ahead and get some of the particulars out of the way for this episode so that we can, we can get into it all at the, right, uh, the appropriate time. So, Season 3, Episode 9, Hunt for Zero. Our plot this week, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Quinlan Voss are uh, assigned to retrieve Zero the Hut after his escape from prison. But Zero is instantly put on trial by the five Hut families on Nalhutta, where his only ally may be an old lover. It's a tale as old as time, isn't it, folks? <laughs> Uh, the Jedi Fortune Creek for this episode is love comes in all shapes and sizes. Clearly, we're, we're talking to you about the, the, the girth of the huts and the, the small frame and physique of Size Noodles herself. Let's, uh, let, let's talk a little bit more about that. This week's episode, directed by Seward Lee, who has done a great many episodes this, uh, in, in the entire run of the series thus far. And you get uh, Stephen Long Mitchell and Craig W. Van Sickle, our main voice cast this week. Corey Burton is Zero the Hutt and Cad Bane. James Arnold Taylor is once again Obi Wan Kenobi. Nika Futterman takes takes a, takes a she has to spread her wings a little bit because to be Sai Snoodles and Gardula the Hutt. Al Rodrigo is Quinlan Voss. Angelica Perrin is Mama the Hutt. MF80 and Chorus Girl. D. Bradley Baker is Cody and Orok the Hutt. Seth Green returns as Toto 360. Kevin Michael Richardson is Jabba the Hutt and Mar Marlo the Hutt. Tom Kane, our narrator for this week's episode. Uh, and I think that pretty much takes care of all the particulars, right? We got the Jedi fortune cookie. We got our cast. We got our writers, directors. Yeah, so it's time. You know what time it is. The time you've been waiting for. And I know, I know a bunch of you guys out there. You're you're ready to go. Before, you know, you hit play, and you're ready. You know that bucket's on. But for everybody else who's who's not paying attention, it's time. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. Hey, Commander, looking good. Kenobi, you look worse for wear. How's temple life? Good to see you too. Yes, well, if you could tell time half as well as you could stick a landing, we wouldn't be behind schedule now, would we? Well, that's your opinion, man. Let's get down to business. So there we go, our introduction to Quinlan Voss right there off the bat. And I know we've talked about Quinlan a lot in recent months, uh, but he is one of my favorite characters. And, and for anyone new to the podcast, if you haven't listened to that, ol that older episode, uh, where, we, where we spend some time going into Quinlan's backstory. Uh, he's a character who was orig originally created in the Dark Horse comic book series, uh, based off of a character in the background of a scene in The Phantom Menace. So kind of a, a interesting dynamic with how that character kind of came to be in the old Dark Horse Clone Wars comic book. Uh, and, and his popularity with the fans uh, sort of, I think, must have inspired some of the creators over at the Clone Wars series and like, hey, why don't we bring this Jedi over? And they did it with a handful of Jedi characters 
from Dark Horse's comic book, Ayla Secura, one of the more famous ones, because she made it into uh, the Revenge of the Sith in episode three. So there, you know, there is precedent for this, but Quinlan Voss, one of those fan favorite characters from that comic book run, that is, uh, um, they're harder to find nowadays than they used to be. Uh, but maybe that will change now that Dark Horse has regained a bit of a publishing license with, uh, with, with some Star Wars properties. Maybe that'll urge Marvel to kind of bring back some of their older Clone Wars tales and we can kind of revisit Quinlan Voss in, in print form once again. Uh, again, a character that I really am partial to. His introduction in this episode is he's a little bit different than what we get to know uh, from the comic books and from some other appearances in, in various media. Uh, but his one his one shining attribute that, that comes through is his his uh, his force abilities, his ability to uh, pick up uh, pick up an object and, and use the force to read that object. That is one of the abilities that has successfully made the transition from the comic books to the Clone Wars series. So really nice uh, uh, ability to have, I think, and, and a rare one for a Jedi too as well, you know, to be able to find an object and use the Force to determine uh, what exactly occurred with the possession of this object. It, it's, uh, it's used really well in, in this episode. They only use it the one time. There is a deleted scene, uh, scene later in the episode uh, where he gets to use it a second time in order to help track down uh, Zero and uh, size Noodles. And again, Quinlan is a favorite of mine. He has a he and Kenobi seem to have a bit more of a contentious relationship than is, is generally kind of accepted to be about the characters because they grew up as Padawans together, uh, and so there are many tales of them on adventures as young Padawans, and uh, they have a strong friendship and a strong bond. Obi Wan in this episode seems sort of wary of of, of Quinlan and his uh, sort of antics, and again, that's keeping with Kenobi's character, but. Uh, Again, this is a character that that we know as as fans who are familiar with Quinlan that that he has actually has a really deep connection to Quinlan and a fondness for that character, uh, and we we get to see that shine uh, shine a light on that better. Excuse me, we shine a light better on that in the in the Dark Disciple novel uh, that we talked about a few few months back, which which highlights Quinlan Voss and Asajj Ventress that was supposed to be based on episodes for the final season of the Clone Wars uh, before. Disney canceled the show after they acquired Star Wars and Lucasfilms. And again, that's fleshed out better. That relationship is fleshed out better and, and shown uh, in a really nice way in that novel. In this, again, it's a lot of surface stuff because, again, you're, you have a really condensed episode. Um, but it's a, this is a really strong episode at the same time. And I like the pairing of Kenobi and Quinlan. I wish we had gotten to see more of this uh, throughout the course of the series. It would have been a lot of fun to see uh, Kenobi and Anakin uh, kind of paired up with more Jedis who are... Um, different from them in, in many different ways, not just their, the way they use the Force, the way they use their lightsaber, but just in, in their personalities and, and sort of their way of going about doing things. And, and again, that is something that Quinlan is, is known for, is, is his unique way of doing things as a Jedi Knight. So again, a great character that I'm really excited to see in this episode that we get to spend some time with. And they are assigned to track down Zero the Hut, and everyone seems to know that, well, they're going to, you know, we, we find out very quickly that Quinlan has intelligence indicating that the, the five Hut families, the Hut syndicates, they're the ones who sprung Zero. So they're going to go to Nalhada. They're going to meet with Gardula and some of the other uh, heads of the family. We talked about them in Evil Plans when we got to see them. Uh, you know, you have like the Don Corleone looking Hut. And you have, you know, you have um, Huts are kind of inspired visually from old gangster movies. And that, that that's fine. It, you know, the Huts are sort of... Um, they're sort of a species that, that um, the film has never defined super clearly. 
we know a lot about them through other forms of media, you know, through books and novels and comic books and, and um, again, through the Clone Wars. And, and so one of the things that's kind of developed over the years is that, that huts do have uh, very distinct personalities and, and, and sort of ways of trying to emulate other species in the galaxy and, and be, because they seem to have a, a sort of sense of inadequacy about their own physical appearance. Um, it, except the exception of Jabba. Jabba seems to be the overtly confident hut who has no problem being Jabba the freaking hut. And, and he, you know, he kind of owns it. Uh, Gardula is a character we spend some time with in this episode. You may remember she made her first appearance in the Phantom Menace. He, she's there with Jabba on Tatooine for the pod races for the Bunta Eve classic, if you will. So, so she gets to, gets a little bit more limelight. We get to see her as a powerful member of the Huts, And a lot of this episode seems to be really based, uh, really centered on uh, the Jabba's plans for sort of usurping the power from the Jedi, from the Jabba, oh boy, from the Hut Council uh, to, to elevate himself. You know, and as, as we get to the end of the episode, we really get to see that kind of crystallize as we realize that uh, he was the one who put Snice Noodles on the on the on the on the tail. On the, he brought her aboard to get Zero's book, get, to get Zero's database, his diary, his journal that has all the nefarious, illegal activities of the Hut Council documented. And now he's going to use this to to consolidate his base of power and his influence within the cartel. Uh, classic Jabba move. Classic Jabba power move, if you will. So I really dug that. I, I like that aspect of it. I like I like spending time with Jabba and kind of seeing how he kind of became like the hut that we all know so much. Because again, when he's killed in Jedi, and one of the things I think we're gonna see in the Book of Boba Fett is sort of the crazy fallout. You know, like what exactly has happened to Jabba's empire in the wake of his his death and return of the Jedi. You know, it's been five years. We saw that Bib Fortuna was on his throne in in some capacity, uh, but it looks like whatever influence and power Jabba had, uh, Bib Fortuna whittled away. But what role did the rest of the Hutt cartel have to play in it? Was there something, was there something that happened uh, between the rest of the cartel? Or did they isolate Bib Fortuna? Or are they no longer present too because Jabba dismissed all of them and usurped all of their property and territory and titles as well? So there's a lot to sort of get to with the Huts, because we don't know much about where they are after Return of the Jedi. You know, the Clone Wars is where we spent the most of our time with, with, the, Hutt, with the Hutt clans. So I am uh, very intrigued if this is something we will get to explore more fully in the Book of Boba Fett, which will, be, of course, be out in, in mere weeks. And I'm very excited by that possibility. I want to talk about our introduction to Sai Snoodles in this episode, uh, because I had completely forgotten that there was a musical number in Star Wars The Clone Wars. Uh, this had completely uh, escaped my memory, Banks. I, I, I did not recall this at all. So when this, when this scene came up, this musical number with these, uh, these three dancers wearing these uh, giant hut headpieces to sort of resemble uh, you know, them as huts in, 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 in a bit of a, again, a, a musical number, a cabaret sort of-esque moment uh, for, the, for the show, it, it really kind of I was like, oh, are they are they doing a musical number here? And and there were little notes, little elements to that 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 music, that song that was played out as we watched these dancers with those headpieces on move around. And I'm like, there's something triggering in my ear, like something something's hitting my eardrum. And I'm like, wait, I know this. This is familiar to me. Why do I know this? 
And of course, it comes to me in, 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 in really quick time because I am such a fan of this film that I was like, wait, that, this, is, this, is this that? Is this what we're doing here? Is this is this this? And it is, of course, a, a sort of Star Wars eyes rendition of Anything Goes from the opening of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, which you may remember Kate Capshaw's opening number, the whole thing. That's a really crazy, wild introduction, a musical number to open up the second Indiana Jones movie. And, of course, that's centered at Club Obi-Wan. You know, Steven Spielberg's shout-out to George Lucas, naming uh, his club in... in in downtown Hong Kong, Club Obi-Wan. And of course, this is also when Obi-Wan will make his appearance in this episode again with the Hut Council as this number ends. And this is, our, again, this this episode, or excuse me, this musical number focuses on introducing Size Noodles, a character from the original trilogy that many uh, older fans like myself uh, know uh, as a character that got sort of heightened a little... Um, I don't know if heightens the right word I want to use. Let's put it this way. Back in my day, when I saw Return of the Jedi in the theaters in 1983, yes, indeed, I am that old, uh, the musical number in Return of the Jedi featuring its nice noodles in the Max Rebo band was a much smaller, much more contained musical number. But I loved it. I thought it was charming and endearing, and I loved the, 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 the puppeteering was, was phenomenal. So I have this affinity for the Max Rebo band as it was in the original trilogy. And it's nice, it's nice little performance in that. Uh, in when the special editions came about in the late '90s, uh, that was one of the musical numbers that George Lucas wanted to go back into because he wanted it to be bigger and more grandiose and and like this whole thing. And it's it's fine, I guess. It, it allowed them more opportunity to like sneak in a few extra seconds of Boba Fett, you know, doing various things around Jabba's palace, you know, like hanging out with with you know girls and. You know, doing things, nodding at things, um, but I—it's not the same song. And I guess, I guess my my nostalgia for that original song from Return of the Jedi is is sort of one of the things that bums me out about that new sequence in the special editions, which are not called the special editions anymore. Remember, you just go on Disney Plus and you put on Return of the Jedi, and that's what you get. That's what it is. And again, not my favorite—you know—correction, but it wasn't one of the one of the more egregious things, in my opinion, uh, that they changed for the special editions, uh, and and. They CGI'd Sia Snoodles into that, so that you could have her, uh, her, her, her snout and her, her, the lips on her snout, kind of doing more animated things and, and kind of make the singing more noticeable, more in tune with what they wanted to go for. They, yeah, you know, like I said, it doesn't. It, it's one of the scenes that doesn't. I, I'm just kind of blob at it. I was like, oh, whatever, it's fine, whatever. But I have an affinity for that old one. It's just like Yubnub. You know, I miss Yubnub. They don't have Yubnub in the in the new versions, and I miss me some Yubnub. You know I do. I've talked about it before, but yeah, this is. I thought I thought this was a rather fun way to introduce us, nice noodles, into the Star Wars: The Clone Wars series. And uh, again, we 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 um, focus on our Jedi fortune because you love comes in all shapes and sizes. And we find out when she learns that Zero is there in the compound, um, in in I guess like what the Huts are considering to be like protective custody because he maintains possession of that diary of that journal of all their nefarious activities that that would apparently get them all arrested or you know whatnot or given to their enemies probably get them all killed something along those lines uh we 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 find out that they are in fact an item they have a history a relationship as lovers and all shapes and sizes and zero is very clearly trying to manipulate 
Snoodles into into freeing him into doing these things, and it's he's not even very clever about it. But we're we're sort of given the impression that that Sai Snoodles is uh, just dumbstruck in love with Zero the Hut, and will go along with anything he says in order to to kind of you know stay in his to 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 I guess to love her 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 booby man, and <laughs> you know whatever, and and that's sort of how the episode plays out. And it's not until we get to the end when they go off world and we get to Teth, and you know, we go to Zero's father's grave to recover the database, the the journal, whatever what you want to call it. That Sia Studles turns the tables on Zero, kills him, takes the book, and that is the end of Zero the Hut and then and, and that story. Um, really, inter- I, again, I like the turn. I like the twist. And then at the very, very end, we get to the part where we find out that, yes, she has been sent by Jabba the Hut. He has brought her uh, to Tatooine to recover the book. She's basically done the work of a bounty hunter showing up Cad Bane in the process. And now she is going to be gainfully in the employ of Jabba Duhat on Tatooine. And it's going to be very exciting for her because I'm assuming Max Rebo is going to be coming up and be like, hey, I need a singer. Let's jam this out at the Tatooine Palace. <laughs> Why not? So uh, let's talk about Teth real quick because I did want to mention, yes, we, 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 I think we all remember Teth from the movie, from the Star Wars The Clone Wars, the opening movie. Uh, at the top of that one mountain, the, the Bomar Monk Monastery is there. And again, that's an, inter- an interesting connection to the huts and to Jabba uh, with, uh, with this world that the, that the Bomar monks were on and they had a palace at. And this is where the big battle takes place, where uh, Anakin and, and Ahsoka are scaling vertically up that mountaintop to get to the citadel, to get to that palace. And then, of course, obviously, as we know, Jabba has a connection to the Bomar monks because he t- kicked them out of the, one of their monasteries on Tatooine. Uh, because those Bomar monks, they like the isolated, they like the remote, they like the quiet. Um, and Jabba seems to like let them do all the building and then kick them all out and take over. That seems to be his move. He's like the landlord from from uh, from Nalhada. <laughs> That's a dumb joke. Oh boy, that is a dumb joke. But yeah, so yes, in case you have, are familiar, yes, we have been to Teth before. It is from the Clone Wars movie, and uh, it does have it does have some o- more overt or nah, not even overt, like just some subtle connections to to Jabba and the other huts as it relates to the to the films. Um. And I like that. I did. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I like it when we get to connect the dots a little bit here. I wasn't crazy. The scene in this episode that I'm not crazy about is is the scene where we go. We're, we're going through the, the swamplands of Nahada. We've made our escape from the Hut Citadel. And they're on like they're the sort of the equivalent of, of like a hovercraft. Like we're in the Everglades or like we're in like swamp country. And we're in the bayou in Louisiana. And we go to this remote hut built up over the swampland. And and we meet Zero's mother, uh, one of the probably the biggest hut we've ever seen, in in any sort of, of media thus far, and it's it's a weird sort of. Uh, to me, it is a weird sort of. Uh, uh, it, again, it has like that Bayou Cajun Creole kind of thing going on where they're trying to play like down home in the swamp, you know, like 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 a Swamp People TV show or something, and it doesn't quite work for me, and I don't quite know why we're doing it, you know, we we're sort of getting some information about Zero. And his family, but it's not going to matter very much in the end because of what happens to Zero. Zero's dead. It's over. So what? What are we? What are we talking about here with his dead brother and his estranged mother and their connection to each other? Um, if you watch some of the deleted scenes for this episode, uh, there is some different dialogue in here that implies that 
Jabba's has more of an antagonistic role in this episode in the original draft of the script. Things have things were changed at some point to incorporate more of the the Hut Council and and these aspects of the story. Uh, so I don't know if maybe they just couldn't change that scene, so they just tried to re rework it as best they can. Uh, but ultimately, it just serves to to find Zero a, a, a spaceship, a way off planet, a way to get off Nahada and go to Teth because he, that's where he has to go to get the journal. And I think there could have been an easier way to do that, but I don't know. Again, I don't know what changed in the writing process. I don't know what changed in the animation process, if, if that's what spurred some of these decisions or if it was a last-minute thing. I don't know for sure. Uh, I do like I do like uh, our time with the Jedi amongst the Hut Council. I always find the, the Jedi's you know, diplomacy with criminal organizations to be a fascinating aspect of their, of their, um, of their order. You know, the, it's... You know, Obi-Wan makes a whole thing about Bane at the end of the episode about, because, again, we'll talk about that part a little bit later. But, with, with you know, again, the Jedi for peace and justice in the galaxy, yet they're willing to go and negotiate and barter these deals with, with the Huts. And it's, it's very interesting how the Jedi, um, you know, I don't want to go too deep on this because it, it, it merits, it, while it merits a fuller conversation, uh, this episode is not the place for it. But you can, you know, I think I think the argument's been made by by many others uh, at many other times. But are really are 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 the Jedi really advocates for peace and justice across the galaxy, or are they advocates for the status quo? An interesting thing to talk about sometime down the road, and maybe we'll get to talk about that a little bit more. Because again, in the Book of Boba Fett, we may get some backstory stuff that illuminates uh, sort of the history that all these characters have with one another. And even in even in the time of the High Republic books, they talk about the about the huts and and. How many Jedi are are sort of offended by the idea of of working with the Huts? In the you know, uh, it, it's it's a complicated issue, uh, and again, it'd be fun to dive dive about and dive into it sometime. But I enjoyed Anakin. Ooh, excuse me, I enjoyed Obi Wan and Quinlan, uh, kind of bartering, negotiating with the Huts. Again, Quinn, this is this is the sequence where Quinlan finds the cup that Zero discards uh, to let him know that yes, indeed, Zero has been there, has been seen with the Hut Council. And that's that, and then that's how we kind of move about things. Now, the Hut Council, unaware of Sy Snoodle's plan, uh, that that uh, she's going to break him out of prison, that he ha that she has a connection to him. So when when the Huts find out that Zero is is gone, they bring back Cad Bane to once again track down Zero this time, and and hopefully recover the book. So Cad Bane, he even makes a, a pretty amusing reference about how he keeps getting paid for the same job over and over again, and. Uh, uh, that's exactly what it is this time around. Except he gets shown up. <laughs> he gets shown up by by Slice Noodles for 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 doing his job basically for him, and uh, he's not going to be too stoked about that, I don't think. And then at some point, when on Teth, again, there's like some good cat and mouse between the Jedi and Cad uh, on Nahuda, as as he's attempting to get around them, get ahead of them in the search for for Zero. Um, there's some there's some good stuff there, but. What sort of what sort of struck me as odd in the episode was was on Teth, as the Jedi finds Zero's body and Cad Bane's like, whoa, whoa, I didn't do that. Why does Cad care? I guess is what I'm kind of wondering. Now, I guess if you want to stick around and be like, I didn't do that. See ya. But in, in, instead, it seems like some other Cad's trying to propose like some kind of team up or something like that. And and Obi it takes Obi Wan Kenobi to be like, hey, by the way, you just tried to kill a bunch of senators, so like we're not going to forget about that and let that slide. Uh, and that, that spurs them into battle against one another. And we again, it's a really good battle. It's a fun sequence to watch. 
you know, Obi-Wan and Quinlan versus Cad Bane. The Jedi love their two-against-one methodology of, of attacking. Uh, but as, as usual, the, the Jedi apparently need two people to attack one person because that one person is pretty darn formidable. And, and we get to see Cad Bane be a formidable uh, foe for our Jedi Knights. But it's a, it's a fun action sequence, and there's some good stuff in there. I'm not going to talk about when, when the Jedi go to, go to uh, Mama the Hutt's house because, again, I find that that's like sort of the one element to this episode that I find a little bit too much for me personally. It's fine. It doesn't it it doesn't detract from my enjoyment of the episode. I'm just sort of wondering what purpose it kind of serves, other than Zero to get a spaceship. That that's kind of all it's there for. I don't know why we're getting sort of like these these allusions to Zero's backstory because I don't think it factors much further into into anything else going on in the, during the run of the Clone Wars, if memory serves. Now I could bite my words on that. I could be eating my words, you know, two seasons from now, and then when something comes up about about Zero's uh, history. And his, you know, some sort of familial thing with Jabba the Hutt that I've completely forgotten about. So that'll be interesting to see if I'm right or wrong on that one. Anyways, that is The Hunt for Zero. Uh, Season 3, Episode 9. Again, I think this is a really nice episode. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Good stuff with the Jedi. Good stuff with the Hutt clans. Again, I like seeing these Hutt clans. As long as you're not offended by sort of... Not offended is a strong word. As long as you don't think it's too silly uh, the way some of these Hutt lords... Are, are kind of modeled after, you know, gangster movies from from the early early part of the 20th century, <laughs> or even the late 20th century, I guess, because Corleone's like the 70s, right? As long as that doesn't bother you too much, uh, I, I think I think this episode is is very very good. It's a I, I give it seven and a half stars, seven and a half buckets, uh, and and you know I think you, if you caught me in the right mood, it'd probably even get eight because I really I, there's a lot of elements here I like. I want to spend more time with the Hut Clans. I want to understand the Hut Clans more. Maybe that's something we get in the book, book of Boba Fett. Maybe that's something we get in the Bad Batch. You know, I don't know. There, there's a we have a galaxy of possibilities here, and that's always exciting. I always love that, and that is good, good news. So more of this one, please. And we are about to get into some serious, serious stuff in season three for for Star Wars: The Clone Wars. So please stay tuned. We have a lot of good episodes coming up. And it's going to be a lot of fun to watch those, break those down with everybody. And, yeah. So let me give everyone a bit of an update on what's going on as far as our schedule goes. The plan is and always will be to have two episodes out a week. I am I, I, I'm striving very hard to get back onto that track. Uh, if it doesn't happen, again, I will post on something on social media to give everyone kind of a heads up, keep you in the loop on things. But the plan is always to do the two. Always to do the two, but if we have to miss an episode here and there, um, I apologize in advance for that. Uh, it's just there's again a lot of things going on in the in the new in the new uh, homestead that need to be kind of handled and addressed, and oftentimes it costs me uh, the free time that I usually have for podcasting. So please uh, take my take my apologies and accept my apology in advance, and uh, just you know make sure again make sure you're liking, subscribing, sharing the show, and you you got to subscribe in your feed and. You know, when the new ones drop, they're going to pop right in there, and you'll be all set anyways. So that's the good news. Uh, but, yeah, the plan is still to try and get the two, two a week out, Mondays and Fridays, hopefully. Fingers crossed. I'm Ron Burgundy. I don't. <laughs> but that being said, if there is an interruption, if there is another set of hiccups uh, to that show, to us covering the Clone Wars for the time being, again, I'll stay tuned on social media. But, but... 
no matter what happens, no matter what happens, the Book of Boba Fett shows will happen day of, day of release, okay? So Book of Boba Fett will drop at midnight. We'll all watch it whenever we can. And that evening, the evening of that first day is when I plan to have those episodes out and ready for your consumption so that whenever you get to watch the Book of Boba Fett, you'll be able to have the podcast to go to and you'll be locked and loaded and ready to go. Again, that's a few weeks away. I hope to have the show way back on track before that, but just know that that is the plan for Book of Boba Fett, okay? All right, we're going to get out of here. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for being patient with me while the show was on a bit of a, a hiatus, a break, while I was uh, relocating the, the Buckethead Studios, the Mandovision Studios. <laughs> Please remember to follow us on social media. We're at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. Email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. And again, like, subscribe, share the show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert. We truly, truly appreciate it. And yeah, let's get out of here. I hope to be back with you all very, very soon because, again, we have some good episodes coming up, but I don't want to stop just yet. Just now. I got. I want to get through these. I want to I want to get through these and get into Boba Fett. Oh, it's going to be fun. I'm so excited. Great time to be a Star Wars fan, as always. So let's do this. This is the Mandavision Podcast. My name is Tom. Our guy, Tom. And remember... This podcast can only end one way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way.